Hello and welcome back to the In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. We're here for episode 230, unbelievable, 230 now. And we've got Abdullah Al-Tamimi on. He's currently world number 30, has reached as high as world number 23. I think it was back towards the end of 2018-19. It was on the heels of having reached the uh, the last 16 of the world championships during a period of his career where, where he uh, was playing probably his best squash. Uh, but now he seems to be back at that form as we know uh, he just had a great run at the Qatar uh, Classic uh, just recently where he took out Paul Cole in the early rounds and then went on to the semi-final uh, to lose out to eventual uh, runner-up uh, Victor Coin, who's also one of the informed players and we talk about uh, about that event and how how well he was playing and, and the run that he had also uh, in Egypt just recently uh, we also take a look back uh, at his early days where he his love for soccer took precedence. Uh, he played both uh, soccer and squash as a young uh, when he was young and then it was Jeff Hunt's influence. Jeff, uh, he tells a great story about how Jeff encouraged him to do what he loved to do which was to play soccer but also to play squash whenever he felt uh, he could and uh, then he just took, uh, took squash on full time and he talks about his relationship with Jeff and also his uh, relationship with his current coach, a guy who has a tremendous amount of respect for uh, Rodney Martin, the guy's uh, probably taken him now to this new level where he's playing such tremendous squash. We also talk of the nuances of blocking and there's a lot in there that I'm sure you're going to really enjoy a lot of insight on that that uh, you might uh, that certainly I wasn't uh, really aware of but as a player you I, I think you are aware of it but you don't realize it but when you play so much and when you play for a living uh, these guys uh, take notice of the new these nuances and um, Abdullah takes us through uh, his feelings on that there's a lot in here a lot more than that as well I know you're going to enjoy episode 230 with Abdullah Al-Tamimi but first uh, before we get into that I just want to uh, say a few words about our sponsor Open Squash which is a New York based nonprofit that is dedicated to growing the game of squash by making it more accessible and affordable to everyone and bringing thousands of new people into the sport something any listener of this pod knows is near and dear to the In Squash podcast's heart and as you may know Open Squash already has a thriving community squash center in the heart of Manhattan with hundreds of members and where over 20% of its members are on some kind of income discount including juniors and on top of that open squash provides scholarships to very low-income juniors as part of a mini urban squash program so to help cover the very real costs of these junior discounts and scholarships open squash is holding its annual fundraiser on Friday October the 7th the night will feature lots of fun squash games and activities with three special guests the dedicated open squashers and top PSA pros, Ali Farag, Victor Kouin, and Gina Kennedy, all of whom uh, played on squash scholarships themselves, so I'm sure that they, they're the perfect uh, open squashers to have on that uh, at that event. How's that for a lineup anyways? Um, so more details on the fundraiser are available on the Open Squash website, but suffice it here to urge you to strongly consider attending the fundraiser if you live in or near New York City, and if you don't, consider making a generous donation nonetheless, which you can do through the website, uh, the Open Squash website, or uh, by contacting the executive director, Cleve Miller, and his email address is cleave at opensquash.org. That's C-L-E-V-E at opensquash.org. So if we're going to grow the game of squash and bring everyone in, we need to support the nonprofit organizations that are making it happen. And Open Squash is definitely making it happen and uh, so I encourage all of you to either attend the event or uh, give a kind donation to the event. So now without further ado this is episode 230 Abdullah Al-Tamimi. How's it going? Hey Abdullah how are you? Good. So how's the tra- I know you just got back from training uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, how was that today? How'd it go? No, it went well. Um, I had a hit with uh, Mohamed Shirbagi. Mm. So, uh, always uh, intense. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing better to get ready for a tournament. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, play uh, training yeah. with the beast. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, only sharpen up for the tournament, you know. So. Yeah, you're it's always good to hit with him. Yeah. Yeah, you're playing in uh, in Sing- uh, sorry in uh, San Francisco uh, right now, right? The, the uh, yeah the yeah Sanford. tournament uh, yeah tournament starts on Friday, so a uh, few players are here early, so just getting a couple hits before the tournament to get ready. Now, Bill, I just want to congratulate you on uh, getting up to number thirty in the PSA rankings this month, and uh, I'm not quite sure is that uh, your highest ever uh, PSA ranking to this point. Um. Um, no, I've uh, I've reached twenty three before. So you got twenty three, okay, yeah, yeah. But that's uh, it was before uh, before COVID hits. So, um, it's back in twenty seventeen, yeah. around twenty seventeen, twenty eight, uh, twenty. Uh, yeah, and and uh, November twenty eighteen, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I had uh, and then I went for a surgery in start of twenty nineteen, so I was out for five months, and then I started dropping from then, um, and then when. I got back, I think I dropped to 58 or 60 um, when, um, when I did the surgery. And then, um, yeah, and then back to 27 um, before COVID hits. And then after COVID, during COVID, I got, I got a lot of injuries and then I dropped again to 58. So I always, this is the, I drop almost outside top 60. Um, and then, yeah, I'm really happy now. I've been injury free for the last, I would say, um six months so um it's sure, been yeah. yeah so it's been good um lately and i'm happy with being top 30 again so that's great yeah it def- definitely shows in in the matches and the results that you've had as well uh lately so uh now yeah. i guess uh, in the first round uh, of this event you've got a, uh, you're playing ali abu elian right uh first round yeah He's a guy that yeah. uh, played a, a few times recently and uh so what does he bring to the table uh that, that that's challenging for you. I know he's a young, uh, up and coming, uh, yeah. pretty talented player. No, for sure, Ali is uh, is a great player. I played him twice in the last uh, in the last few months, and um, he's an upcoming player. Um, he's uh, pretty fit and fast. Um, he's improving every tournament he plays, and uh, for sure, um, he's an upcoming player. Uh, a lot of talent, a lot of. Uh, a lot of speed in the court, so um, it's going to be a tough first round. Uh, and uh, it's my first uh, tournament at best of three as well, so it's going to oh, be yeah. interesting to see how uh, how different it is to a best of five. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be fine. Uh, typically, uh, you know, if you look at your own game, you look at your own style. Would you consider yourself to be a fast starter or a slow starter or somewhere in between? Um, um I think... Um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I normally don't start as well, uh, except some some matches I do. Uh, I just uh, uh, make sure I have a better warm up and that. I think with the best of three, I need to be ready from before the match starts. You know, so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be different. And uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see. Actually, I, I even practice. I don't practice best of three, so it's, uh, mm-hmm. so it will be. Yeah, it's like. Uh, something new and uh, I hope I can adapt to that. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I know your game uh, a little bit. I like watching you play. Uh, uh, you like to go for your shots, uh, and especially, uh, I, I guess, if you're, you're, if you like to go for your shots, that's something maybe you need to sort of warm up to a little bit into the match and not uh, take on so early. So that, that might maybe uh, explain uh, – Maybe if you have a slow start and you're you're just sort of going for your shots and they're not coming off, eventually they start coming off. Is that is that kind of a good explanation? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah, it's a bit right. And then uh, there's another thing that uh, uh, you don't find your length uh, that well at the start, and uh, the ball is a bit bouncier, it's a bit faster, um, and the other players kind of can put a racket on every ball you hit anyway, even your good shots, they can pick it up. And, uh, and, uh, normally I wouldn't be a good star. I don't think I've always had a, a good warm up before the match, you know, kind of, uh, uh, take it easy in the warm up. But, uh, yeah, lately I've changed that. I've been having a bit longer warm ups and that a few exercises that I have to do, especially after the, a lot of muscles injuries lately. So, um, 
So there's a lot of things I have to do before I play. So it's uh, that's been changing this season, and uh, I hope it keeps working. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. I guess you got to get to the courts uh, uh, about an hour early at least. Eh? Yeah, normally I start warming up. Uh, I need like I need good thirty minutes like to warm up. I don't need more than that. So uh, um, that's including the stretching and the fast movement and everything. So uh, yeah, twenty five to thirty minutes. That's uh, that's more than enough for me. I think with my body type and that. So yeah. I think that's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching it. I mean, I, I watched a lot of your matches over the last couple of months. Of course, you did really well, and we'll get to this later in Qatar. And you, you actually did fairly well there in Egypt uh, just recently. Uh, you lost the Mesut, yeah. who's uh, <laughs> he's pretty pretty. But uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, I just, uh, I mean, your movement around the court. That, that's my my biggest weakness is my my slow feed. Uh, I would have to say <laughs> that. that uh, I mean, if I if I could somehow incorporate the the rate at which you you move your feet around the court to get to balls and and uh, be able to play you know, such a you know such an offensive and attacking game that way that's that's a real asset that you have. Oh yes, for sure. I mean, uh, it's one of the. I think people talk about like uh, I go for shots and I hold the ball and mm-hmm. like I deceive players and that. It's it's more. It's more about the movement as well. Like you get early into the ball. Uh, that's the most important thing about holding the ball because you get early there and fast and your racket is ready. You can do different shots. Um, it's not just about the flick last second, you know. it's uh, Most yeah. of the flicks comes, most of the holds comes with your uh, body language and how fast you get into the ball. So if you have four different options and you can do them, it's tricky anyway without, without like flicking the ball at the end, you know. So... Um, Yes, speed is the most uh, speed into the ball is the most important thing for me. You know when I'm playing well. So yeah, I'm going to try to emulate you this week in my league match. Uh, but I really, <laughs> yeah. but I really um, um, thought in, in when when you play Paul uh, in that match, and I watched the whole thing, and I and I was thinking to myself during the match, I just thought he you were getting to the tee in front of the ball, and and I know you're doing this on purpose because it was. It was so it was so effective. You were getting there so early and and quickly, and you were just holding. It was like the volley. You, you'd hold it and then then hit, and and you were there so quickly that Paul wasn't able to 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 get back to his tee position in time to react to what you were doing, and, uh, and it was the speed uh, and and the quality of your shot at the same time uh, that enabled you to to be effective. I thought. Yeah, especially like playing someone like Paul, it's um, uh, that he picks up a lot of balls. And uh, uh, before the match, I mean, we had a plan, um, a plan with uh, with my coach Rodney Martin, and uh, that I need to I need to handle the pressure that he puts. Especially, he volleys a lot uh, from the backhand side as well. So I needed to put in my head that uh, I need to take his physicality a little bit out of the game, uh, um, try to play longer first and second game, and even third game if I can, like make it as long as possible instead of go for a lot of shots the front. So I was holding a lot uh, and going deep at the start as well. And uh, we played, uh, I think, a 19-minute first game and uh, a 26-minute third game as well. So uh, the way I play, especially in that court in Qatar, it's a dead court. Court. it's cold and dead so and with the way I play I think that was uh, that was the biggest challenge for me like to stay longer on the court and uh, as you said I have to stay in front of her take his volley position away from him and uh, I did that pretty well for a long period um, to beat someone like Paul you have to do it well and consistent for the whole match until until the end and I was happy with the way uh, I could uh, I did back it up after losing uh, the fourth, you know, and the fifth, and I was really happy with that. Absolutely, yeah, it was a great match to watch. I mean, Paul didn't play badly at all. I just thought that you had a really uh, an awesome game plan, and it was great to see you could, you could just see it all playing out that way. So, uh, congrats! I was going to talk about that later, but uh, we were just talking about your movement and stuff. So I thought it fit in yeah. nicely. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, now, if you don't mind. Uh, 
Phil, I'd like to uh, to take a, a look back because I, I did, uh, you know, I watched a couple of uh, earlier videos of yours and I, and I I kind of figured that you were probably uh, growing up a fan of soccer. And I know Qatar has, a, has, a, has always had a very strong uh, soccer team in the Middle East and you've had some great coaches over the years. And uh, I, I followed the Qatari team because my wife is uh, South Korean, so you guys played the South Korean team in the world yeah. Cup qualifying quite a bit. Uh, but the, that was your first love uh, growing up. So just talk about your early days. Uh, you know, you've obviously got the great feet uh, there on the court uh, as a soccer player uh, growing up. And uh, what were those like, uh, days like for you? I mean, uh, I think it was the best days, I mean, in my career until uh, – in my life, like the juniors days that when I used to play football and squash at the same time. And uh, I used to enjoy playing both. I, I used to enjoy playing uh, in Qatar. I used to enjoy playing football more than squash, to be honest, uh, until um, I'm like 17. But I, I like the way that um, in squash I could travel and play tournaments overseas. You know, that that was fun for me. Because uh, I liked um, I liked traveling and meeting new people all the time and uh, see different cultures and like I like to compete, you know, uh, play tournaments and uh, I didn't really care about winning or losing. I just wanted to have fun and entertain everybody watching. And this is the way I grew up, you know, uh, in juniors. And uh, yeah, I think football helped me a lot, you know, just to to not have any pressure in my squash as well. So because I was playing both, I was enjoying both. Um, I was doing well at both actually. So uh, it was, uh, and the biggest thing was uh, Jeff Hunt, my coach. Because um, in Aspire Academy, they weren't really happy with me only training twice a week, you know, in the academy <laughs> and uh, the squash. And uh, Jeff uh, and Jeff was always supportive, and he said, "I don't mind even if you come one day a week, uh, as long as you come and play." Um, because uh, at the end of the day, he said, maybe football is better for you and I don't want you to stop doing what's best for you. So he gave me that choice. And um, I think if it wasn't Jeff, there is no chance I would be still playing squash. So it's a big uh, it's a big decision of my life when I was 17 to decide which one I'm going to go professionally. And um, I'm glad I chose squash. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're glad that squash is glad that you did as well. Um now, uh, Qatar, as you sort of alluded to, it's always had like a rich history of pro squash, like dating back to the Qatar International and then uh, following that, the Qatar uh, Classic. Um, uh, I, I can remember the Qatar International before it became the Classic. That, that's when my fellow Canadian and friend, uh, Jonathan Power, he won, uh, he won that big event. And that was a huge event for him. Uh, I think it, it was his first Super Series victory. I'm not sure if you beat Jancher or not in the in the final there, but uh, anyways, uh, what early memories do you have uh, of those events, and uh, did they uh, play uh, sort of a role in you sort of deciding to to take on squash uh, full time? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, I knew uh, when I was young. I used to watch uh, Shabana and Jonathan Power and. Um, Peter Nichol, they used to play. Karim Darwish, they used to play in Qatar, you know, Qatar Classic. I was a kid. Uh, um, yeah, I would, uh, every tournament, I would be, like, trying to get in court with those guys. And, uh, like, sometimes you don't have the chance to and you get upset, you know, and uh, and you dream, like, uh, one day I will be in that court, you know, and then I, I'll try to play. You know, uh, they don't have a choice to say yes or no to play me. Like, I'll have to play them in a tournament, you know. So, uh, it was always a dream that uh, I wanted to play in that court, in the glass court, and I want to show what I can do in the court and that. So, um, yeah, but, um, but yeah, I wasn't really, like, watching a lot of squash or um, it's just when the tournament happened in Qatar. Um, I remember the first... Um, the first tournament I played, I think it was 2010. Um, I uh, I was as a local in the qualification, uh, and I played. Uh, I think I played Coppinger, um, right. 2010. I played once uh, as a local. I played 2010 and 2011. Uh, no, 2010 I played actually against. Uh, yeah, against Coppinger. That was my first one yeah. as a local. 
And then the year after I started getting the wild card from 2011, um, I think 2011, I played uh, Aslan Iskander. I think yeah. he was top 10 from Malaysia yeah. and uh, he was number one in Asia. So it was a big thing, you know? Uh, um, yeah. So I really, uh, well, I have those memories, you know, since 2010, it's 2022 now. I played like 11, 12, I missed last year. So I played like 12 years in a row, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's always, it's always a big thing, you know, in, uh, in Qatar to play in that court, especially, um, um, yeah, I have a lot of good memories and bad memories in that court. So, um, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed there. That's great. Yeah. And you, and you built some more great memories, uh, just this uh, past year, uh, yeah. a great showing there, but I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more about uh, Qatari squash. I mean, obviously you must be so proud to be able to represent uh, Qatar around the world as their number one player and, and as a Qatari, uh, now, Qatar, I think, has invested more in the squash, in their squash than any other country in the Middle East. Uh, so, yeah, just how, how proud are you uh, of what Qatar has done and, how, and uh, what they've invested in, in the game that's enabled you and others, uh, other young players, other Qatar, to, uh, to grow in the game of squash? Oh, I mean, uh, for sure, the support is massive. You know, without without the support, it's uh, everything is harder. You know, um, um, yeah, the support from the federation has been always there. Like since I'm uh, I'm a kid, and then um, and then all the way till I'm eleven, twelve, and then I joined the Spire Academy, and support there was uh, ridiculous. You know, it was uh, it's like I had um, Jeff Hunt, you know, coaching me for. Uh, and staying with, like I was with Jeff for 12 and a half years, you know, and, uh, um, yeah. And with the Federation, like yeah, with all the tournaments and the support we have in Qatar, the Qatar classic, getting the wild card, start to be career, you know, you get the wild card. And, uh, so you start in a higher note a bit, you know, with the points and you can get in tournaments a bit easier. That always helped a lot, you know, but, uh, on the other hand, you have to show, uh, you have to show, um, uh, uh, what you can do as well, you know, because the start of my career, I, I've heard players say, oh, he's he's there in the ranking because he gets the wild card in Qatar and stuff like that. So yeah, it gets yeah. it gets into you sometimes. You need to prove that it's not because of the wild card. It's just That's what because they say, of... that, that puts a chip on your shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I used to like to hear these things, you know, just motivate me more, especially if, when I played those guys who said that things, you know, uh, like... They didn't say it in front of me, but I knew they said it, and uh, and then you end up playing with them and beating them. That was uh, a yeah. good joy, you know. Like it's always good to have those wins. Uh, those wins meant actually a lot more than winning tournaments. Sometimes, you know, just to prove some people that uh, uh, don't just say things, you know, when um, when you don't know what actually things are happening, you know, and how uh, like how much is. Uh, that I'm doing and uh, you know it's like like that's what I didn't like at the start you know but all these things made me like uh, I think a better player and uh, uh, just made me work harder you know sometimes uh, to beat those guys you know when they say these things uh, I'm not going to mention names but uh, I know a few guys who said that yeah. I, I was going to ask but no I won't yeah. You hear that kind of stuff and uh, it would definitely put a chip on your shoulder and fuel your fire, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, every time, uh, especially though, I'd actually, I've become good friends with them lately, you know, and I I, I, to I told, like, uh, I didn't tell them that I heard you guys say this, like, from other people, but yeah, um, we become good friends lately, you know, they like we all get along pretty well and tour so there's nothing and and when i got a bit older i found out that actually these things that makes makes us uh who we are you know and uh, all these yeah. challenges and uh and the small talks and that you hear from others and that just makes you want to play the sport better you know so yeah i'm sure i mean they they respect you so much uh, right now, I bet as well, just to see, you know, where you came. Probably a lot of it has to do with where you came from, right? From from Qatar. Yeah. Start, I mean, you're the first Qatari, I think, to uh, to to reach this level, and uh, you know, they yeah. probably didn't respect uh, that part of it either. So, a lot of it has to do with being a a, a proud uh, 
person from your your home. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, I'm really proud to be like uh, presenting Qatar, you know, overseas and uh, all around the world, and raise the Qatari flag, you know, and uh, that's always been a dream. And whatever I was gonna do, football or squash or any other sports, you know, uh, or whatever I do, you know, that's always uh, I'm always proud of that. And uh, it is difficult, like coming from Qatar to. Uh, so if I I don't think if I stayed in Qatar, like. Uh, and trained in guitar and that, that I will be, uh, I will be uh, like in the top 30 or the top 50 even in the world, you know, because there's no competition like, uh, like in America or in Europe or where all the players are, you know, or in Egypt. Um, so it's a bit hard to learn how to play the game and how to, when you're beating everyone, like pretty easy, you know, back home. And uh, so you kind of stay in the same level and sometimes your level drop because of that, you know. So uh, it's, a, it's a lot harder than, uh, than people think, you know, when you, you, don't have a, you don't have competition, you know. And uh, um, yeah, so I had to go overseas for a longer time and uh, spend as much time overseas, and, which is hard because I'm, I'm a family guy. I like to be around my family and... Uh, so it's always hard, you know. At the start, I couldn't leave for more than three weeks, and then it got a bit better and better as I got older. Um, so yeah, I got used to that, and uh, yeah, it helped me a lot. Like especially when I'm outside Qatar, like to to be more professional, I would say, and uh, sleep sleep better, eat better, and train better. You know, so in Qatar, there's a lot of distractions, like uh, family, friends. Uh, Oh, you're not hanging around with us, uh, yeah, because I'm training. It's not like I I don't want to hang around, you know. It's like, uh, but then you eat late, you sleep late, you sleep less, you you don't eat as well. So it's a lot of things. It's not just the training, you know, that uh, affects. Um, but yeah, I I always love being back home, you know, uh, especially with the family. Now I'm married, yeah. I have a kid, um, yeah. so I really can't stay that long outside, you know, but. Uh, but I've been training. I've been training harder back home, so I realized that I I have no other choice. You know, before I I I will just travel to train hard and that. But now I don't have a choice. I need to train hard and push myself harder when I'm back home. You know, and uh, it's been going well. My wife is supportive in these things, and uh, and I'm always motivated. I take my kid with me to the club all the time, and uh, uh, even though he doesn't understand anything yet, he's only 15 months, but. Still, he's there at least, and uh, it just motivates me. So it's been good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, I know. I was going to ask you later about about that dynamic. You know, now having a, you know been that you know, you're married and you have a young child. But I know my very uh, limited uh, squash uh, career. Uh, when I got married and had we had our first child, that was right around the time when I was I played started playing my best. Uh, squash yeah. a few few competitions and I think uh, maybe you you just mentioned it it might help to alleviate some of the you know the other distractions in your life like going out late and you know eating late with your friends now you've got family obligations you can't uh, do that so you're 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 more sort of focused uh, 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 away from from those other distractions on your on your family which is kind of uh, less a lesser uh, Problem, lesser of a problem in terms of your training yeah yeah for sure i mean um for sure the most thing i since i got married that changed uh, my life kind of is my uh first year a lot more responsible you know so there's a lot of things like you think about uh, twice before you do or whatever you know and uh, that changed a lot and um um, another thing is patience, you know, I feel like <laughs> my, my problem was in, um, and still like, I need to improve a lot of that, like in my squash, you know, it's the patient in the court and even the patient in training and, uh, um, all the work I do, you know, and especially in the court during matches and that. And I think, I think marriage helped that a lot, you know, it's like, <laughs> I have to be patient with, uh, with the kids, especially and that. So I think these things like help me helped me even squash in a weird way, you know? So, uh, yeah. um, I feel like I'm way more patient, uh, even my trainings and, uh, even my life in general, you know, that, uh, uh, it, it's not there yet, but it's improving a lot. So, 
Yeah, well, I think it's going to change when you have the second baby. So I have two, and the, the first one definitely helped uh, with the patients. You're right, right about that, and, and the marriage part itself. But uh, just to go yeah. back, because uh, I didn't want to jump over this, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier the impact that uh, Jeff Hunt had on you, and I know you described him, uh, you describe him as a father figure in a way. So, uh, he really laid the sort of the groundwork for you, as you said, for the successes uh, that you've had in the, and the development of Qatari uh, squash. Uh, so what were the, uh, the early years like? You mentioned it briefly, but what were those early years like uh, with Jeff uh, on and off the court? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first day my dad uh, met Jeff at the academy, you know, it was the parents meeting. So they had a meeting with the coaches and all the teachers in the academy. So the first thing my dad told Jeff was, uh, when Abdullah's here, you're his father. If he misbehaves, you beat him without coming back to me. So it's like, and Jeff was, uh, I remember Jeff's face, you know, he was like, in show. he's like, I'm not beating him. Like, he's like, no, nah, if he misbehaves, you beat him. Like, yeah. you're his father, you know. It's uh, At home, I'm his father. When he's in the academy, you are his father. So um, so from that, like, from that day, you know, um, I consider Jeff as my second father, you know, in the squash and in my life, you know. And uh, and he's always been there for me in my ups and my downs. And, uh, and I'm really thankful for him, like, for everything he did to me. And uh, mostly that he uh, got me to start working with Rodney. So... That's the uh, yeah. yeah. He told me if you wanna if you wanna be a top squash player, you gotta start working with Rodney Martin, and uh, and I think that was, that's the biggest thing happened like in my career, you know, and uh, to start training with Rodney, and uh, it was hard at the start. It was very hard at the start because uh, I had to leave Qatar in a young age, like eighteen, to leave Qatar and go live overseas and train, and uh, and I I didn't really train. You know, in like I didn't have proper training, like in juniors. You know, I I just played. You know, I didn't train properly, and uh, well, it was a shock. Problem when, as you mentioned, when you don't have any competition and you're you're yeah the exactly top, uh, you just everything comes easy for you. Yeah, and uh, especially I was I was a good junior as well. You know, I've, I've won a lot of tournaments in juniors. I I won the Pioneer Dutch uh, my uh, and I made semis at the World Juniors. Uh, but it was a different level. Like I could get away with the just uh, squash skills with the racket, hit winners, and I've had good days. So I've won a few matches. But in peace, I they they all they all fit fitter and faster, and everyone is very hungry to to win. And um, at the start, like the first year or two, I've hardly won any matches. You know, uh, um, it was a big change. I had to change the way I play. I had to change the technique, forehand, backhand. Uh, the way I moved um, so there's a lot of changing I had to do you know and it took a while um, and for someone like Rodney to have to deal with me you know with the way I play and uh, uh, <laughs> um, um, and and Jeff and all the I trained with a lot of Aussies so uh, I'm really I'm really grateful to have them like in my career you know I had uh, uh, started with Jeff Hunt and Dan Jensen uh um, and Dan, Dan is back in Qatar now, which is good as well. Um, and then Stuart Boswell, and uh, there's a lot of Aussies, you know. And uh, yeah. lately, I had Jonathan Kemp in the academy, but I had a lot of Aussies. And uh, yeah, Rodney to uh, I like to deal with me. It was I think it was it was tough um, because um, like I I wouldn't listen a lot, you know, when I was younger, and I would just do what I feel like doing and. All these yeah, things I, had to I change, didn't you know. Take too kindly to that. Oh yeah, no. I mean, uh, but he understood how hard it is, you know, for someone coming from Qatar, and uh, yeah. I really like I appreciate that. Like he's, he knew it's hard on me, and uh, and I, I don't. I think if I had a different personality, I don't think he would have kept working with me. Uh, but uh, we got along. It's not uh, just like a, squ a squash coach and a player. Like we're we're really good friends, and uh, we hang around a lot, and we uh, we have fun together uh, outside the court as well. So, 
uh, yeah, it's a great relationship and uh, I hope it keeps going till end of my career. <laughs> I hope so too. I mean, I, I love uh, Rodney. I've had him on the, he was always one of my favorite players actually back in the day. Yeah. Uh, great shot maker himself. Uh, great yeah. mover around the court himself. Uh, in a lot of ways, maybe not quite like you, but uh, some similarities. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I've always, uh, the, like the, I remember the first time I saw him hit the ball, I was like, he hits the ball better than all the top 10 players at the time, you know? Uh, and he was, uh, yeah, he was like, uh, like 48 or 49 when I, uh, when I first met him and he would hit the ball as good as, uh, Shabana and Rami, they were at the top, you know? And, uh, I'm like, this is this is ridiculous, you know? Like, I've never seen anything like it. He hit, he hit the ball. Like, when he's feeding you, he hits the ball the same spot, like, 100 times in a row without hitting any tins or... Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a surprise for me, you know, to, to actually see it live. You know, I heard about it from Jeff, but I couldn't believe it uh, until I saw it, you know? Yeah. I couldn't believe how good he hits the ball until I saw it, so... Uh, but it's not just how he hits the ball. It's how he understands the game and he, he's been there and he knows exactly what happens in the court. He'll tell you how, what to do, how to do it and show you how to do it. Um, and it always makes sense. You know, he never told me something and it didn't make sense. So it's always good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about uh, your family, about the uh, patience, and uh, that's probably something that, uh, that he's tried to instill a little bit in your game because uh, there'll be times when you're, you, it looks like you're cruising. And then suddenly, as you know, you might lose a couple of points just going for ill-advised uh, shots and stuff like that. Uh, what does Rod, how does Rodney uh, respond uh, uh, after the fact in those situations when, you know, may, maybe you, you, you took on a few shots a little bit uh, impatiently in a match. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I go in these patches, you know, and uh, he don't want to stop me going for my shots because this is uh, the strength of the way I play, you know, but he just, he just thinks the opportunity is going to come. And uh, if the ball is there to put away, then, then go for it, put it away, you know, but don't miss. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, uh, as long as I'm hitting the right shot and even if I miss, but it was the right shot, then he, do, he doesn't, he doesn't mind, you know, like you're not going to hit them all up. It's just when you go, when you go silly from wrong positions and that's what I do sometimes, you know, and I just, um, that's what uh, he doesn't like. And uh, we'll speak about it a lot and we'll have certain routines we do and uh, certain games we do in training that um, gets me in that habit of not doing these things, you know, um, and uh, it's been, it's been a lot better, you know, this last season. Yeah. And uh, I feel, and uh, um, yes, I've uh, like, I've been a while, like I didn't do, like sometimes, like in Egypt last week, I didn't. I didn't play. I think I was not even at seventy percent of my level. You know, I wasn't playing well at all. Um, even in practice, I wasn't hitting the ball in sweet spots like in the racket. Like I can feel the racket shaking in my hand when I'm, when I hit the ball. You know, um, I wasn't hitting the ball well, but I managed to make it to third round. You know, uh, yeah. last season or two seasons ago, I would have lost three love both like both of the first two rounds in Egypt for sure, you know, and probably under 40 minutes the way I played. But, uh, but yeah, just finding a way to win those matches when I'm really playing bad, you know, uh, just didn't feel well, well all week, you know, in the court. And, uh, but I was really happy. Like, uh, I felt like it was harder to make third round and playing like that than making quarters, even be beating Paul and George and, and those guys in Qatar, you know, because in Qatar I was playing my best, you know, I was, uh, I was hitting the ball, sweet spot every time, like I was playing well, you know, moving well. Um, in Egypt, I wasn't moving well, I wasn't hitting the ball well, but I managed to win. So that was the challenge, biggest challenge for me, you know, uh, and I'm really happy with that. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I felt both in Qatar and, and in Egypt, the matches that, that I saw you play, uh, you seen there, there was a lot more patience involved and you even, I mean, you, you say you weren't playing well. I thought, uh, you know, you played intelligently uh, in both events, which was, uh, you know, it's great, great to see. And uh, I think the proof is in the results, right? You, you, you didn't have a, uh, 
a, an, an easy match in any of those uh, from the first yeah. round through to to when you ended up losing in both events, uh, all difficult matches. So great stuff there. I just wanted to ask you, uh, Bill, just looking back, uh, now you mentioned you weren't playing your best squash and then you, you managed to end up winning a few matches. In 2017, uh, the world champs, uh, you didn't even train uh, hardly for a week or two weeks because you were sick. And then uh, you ended up getting through to the, the round of uh, 16, I think that was, in Manchester. So just just take a look back at, at that event, if you don't mind. That, that was sort of a breakthrough event for you, wasn't it? And then to, to go into that under those conditions, uh, how, did, how did that all manifest itself uh, to get you through uh, to the, uh, the round of 16 under those uh, difficult conditions? Oh, for sure. It was, uh, it was a tough tournament, you know, um, and I had uh, Simon Rosner first round um, of the world championship, you know, and he was top eight in the world. Um, I knew he wasn't feeling great as well. You know, um, I've heard from other guys uh, that he's been sick as well. Same as me, like for the last, like the week before the tournament. And uh, so I knew I would have a chance, you know, I just needed to play smart and, uh, and, when I'm sick, I know that I I don't I can't run a lot because I'm gonna get tired. Uh, so I so I play smarter. Um, I think I play a lot smarter when I'm sick or I'm a bit injured. Or, so I lift the ball more. I try to be as accurate as I can and um, and not open up the court a lot, you know, because I don't want to do a lot of running. So and I end up I end up playing well and um, um, and I won that match and. Um, I remember in in five games and yeah in the fifth I think he was he was gone like physically because uh, the match was uh, um, like he was sick I was we were both like coughing between games and <laughs> he was a disaster um, and then uh, yeah and then yeah and then to back it up against Castagna I think that was the toughest uh, like the Castagna was the was at the top at that time as well. Like he had a few good wins and uh he's extremely he was strong right. exactly yeah. 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 yeah, no for sure. Um yeah, like to win that match as well. It was uh it was pretty good. Um and then unfortunately I've uh, I didn't play that well against Nick Matthew like I did in Qatar the previous like few few months earlier, you know. So uh, um, I didn't play as well as that, and uh, yeah, I lost three love, but it was a really good experience, you know, like to reach third round of the world championship, you know, in Manchester. Um, and it was the first time I ever win in Man in England as well. I used to lose first right. round in England since since I'm a junior, you know. Um, I've never won a match in in England, so to make third round of the world championship in England, it was uh, it was a good uh, like good uh, success for me. Yeah, yeah, you got that monkey off your back, as they say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, just uh, more recently, uh, obviously, you had the great success uh, in Qatar, playing in front of the home home fans, and that must have been amazing. Uh, you ended up losing to uh, Victor in the semifinal, uh, and that was a was a tremendous uh, tremendous result for you. However, probably you were a bit a bit uh, disappointed with the, the semi, but Victor uh, had been, like you, uh, playing some tremendous squash uh, even at the end of last year through the summer, playing really well, winning a few events, and then uh, getting all the way to the final. Uh, so talk about, uh, if you don't mind, uh, that match with Victor and how impressed, uh, how impressive his game has become over the last little while. Oh, for sure. He's, um, it's his first season uh, as a full time player and uh, you can see how professional he is with his warm-ups and how he gets ready for a match and uh, his game plans for every player is different and uh, and he stick with it and uh, he's had a really good run you know after um, he won a 30k in Qatar um, I think end of last season and then uh, started with the uh, with the final of the bronze in Egypt and then final in Qatar and then and then won the French Open as well. So um, he's had a really good uh, three tournaments, you know, uh, and he's in the top 10. So it's impressive, you know. And uh, yeah, he's uh, improved a lot because 
yeah, I played him four or five years ago and I played him now. It's like he's a completely different player. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he's going to still going to, going to improve a lot more and, uh, and you can see how hungry he is and, uh, yeah, but now, now it's, uh, I think it's a hard ch- uh, challenge for him, like to, as a top 10 player, you know, now he needs to, uh, uh, it's harder to stay there, you know, and, uh, I'm sure he knows that and, uh, all the players will be ready for him now, even more than before, you know, because he's, uh. He's in the top now and uh, he will have to play like one of those top guys, you know, and uh, I'm sure he will. And he's, uh, yeah, he's a very professional and, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward for uh, to play him again, actually, whenever uh, possible. And I'm sure we're going to play again. Yeah, uh, I'm just thinking, I mean, you're not quite in the same boat as him, but in a similar way you are. I mean, you, you've had big wins over some over the top players in the world. So that must, uh, when you see that you're at that level and you, you you can get to that next level, does that sort of inspire you to to make even more sort of progress and more developments, maybe some more slight uh, changes in your game so that you can take it to the next level? Uh, for sure. I mean, uh, it's always uh, uh, every player like doing well, you get inspired, you know, and you want to do better and, uh, and uh, of course, when you have good wins, like it always uh, motivates you that you can actually be at the top. If you can beat the top uh, players, it's just you need to be more consistent and and play the same way all the time. And if you put yourself in those situations and those big matches and the quarters and the round sixteen and that, if you always put yourself there, you know, and uh, it's gonna be your, your your way some some of the times, and uh, and you gotta take advantage of that, you know, and. Uh, and keep at it every tournament. And uh, at the end of the day, it's like, uh, yeah, whatever you uh, you put in the court, you know, you're going to get rewarded at some point. And uh, um, sometimes you get lucky with the draws. Sometimes you get unlucky with the draws. You just got to um, keep pushing and playing as well as you can. And if you, if you play well and uh, if you play better than the other player, you're going to win. If he plays better than you, you're gonna, he's going to win. That's, that's how it is, you know. So... Uh, you just got to move on after these matches and think about the next one all the time, you know, because uh, your chances will come, you know, it's uh, just got to believe in it and, uh, and it's going to happen. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Really good stuff. Uh, Abdul, you've been really great with your time. I'm going to, uh, I just have two more sort of questions, I guess. Yeah. I'd like to get your, uh, your feedback on this. And uh, yeah. firstly, uh, obviously the Egyptian open was fantastic. It's in the, with the uh, the pyramids in the backdrop, and you had the opportunity, I think, to play. You played mezzan on the outdoor court, right? Uh, no, we played in the you, traditional. You played, yeah. you played in the traditional. In the okay. not, yeah, in the back courts, yeah. Okay, so you didn't get the opportunity to play no, on the outdoor no. court, but uh, obviously yeah. there were you know rumblings and things about you know how it was extremely windy out there, and also yeah. a lot of sand. Uh, play a lot of sand on the court so what's your just wondering what your take is on that in terms of uh, you know player safety and playing in conditions that are meant for for squash do you think it's still fine to to put a court out uh, in those conditions or should we try to set maybe sacrifice the aesthetic or the the beauty of it for the, the quality of the game um, to be honest, sometimes it's, uh, I think it's an embarrassment for the sport. I think, um, I'm totally against it. Um, because, um, you can advertise in different ways and you can put a court there and do exhibitions and, and advertise the sport in that way, you know, but to put all the best players in the world playing in the dust and at the end of the day, and the squash is not as good as, uh, as when we play indoor, it's an indoor sports. I think the, the course, I mean, it's good to have it in the pyramid, you know, it's good. Like it's, it sounds good, but it's not actually good. You know what I mean? So, uh, so, um, and the squash is not great. Like you love the ball and the ball is like changing direction on the, on air, like before you swing and it's embarrassing to get like the top four in the world, you know, like, almost air swinging, you know, of the ball. It's not, it's not good for the sport, you know, and, uh, yeah, that, hap- that happened, um, I think. I, yeah, exactly. I so it's like, um, 
and even the dust and the floor and then you want to there's a lot of time wasting there's a lot of like you get a clean and and you can't do anything about it you, you have to clean the court i don't want to get i don't want to slip in in my second tournament of the year i don't want to be slipping and getting injured because the uh, yeah because um because i want to play in front of the pyramids you know so um so yeah i'm 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 against it. I think it's good for the sport to advertise it in a different way, like have the court there, have an exhibition or something or, yeah. or something like that, you know? Um, and, um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's how you can do it, you know, and, but, uh, but put the court inside somewhere and, and let, uh, with a good crowd and, and people want to watch good squash, you know, and uh, most of the good matches you see, they're indoor, you know, like it's hardly any good matches like outdoor, you know. And yeah. and when it's a good match outdoor, it's because uh, you're lucky the, there's no wind and you're lucky there's no dust and you're lucky there's, uh, you know, it's not too cold, not too hot. Like you need to be lucky. Like you just need to be yeah, lucky yeah. to get to get a good, really good day to play outdoor, you know. Uh, it's not like so, playing uh, golf, right? In golf, you yeah. it's a different different game, right? You you play, yeah, it's, better, right? But uh, yeah, exactly. It's like you use you use the wind, like for the ball to move, or yeah. you know, it's like you, you play into the wind. You play different clubs, so you need to like you need to know what you're doing, you know, with the wind. Like it's against you, it's with you, it's right to left, you play, left you play to right. Golf with Rodney uh, Dolan. Yeah, I played. I'm not as uh, not even close to Rodney's level, but uh, yeah, I play. I enjoy playing. I enjoy playing uh, golf. You know, uh, yeah, I'm not very very good. I'm I'm good with the short game, uh, like chipping and putting, which people think is the hardest bit about golf. For yeah, me, the it's the easiest is. bit. Yeah, for me, it's like I don't like the drivers. Uh, um, I really like the short game. Uh, basically similar to squash, you know, so there's, uh, <laughs> um, and there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things as well. Like, um, like Rod even teach me how to play golf, not just squash. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, no, yeah. Last time so I that's what I think on, about. Uh, last time I had him on, uh, it was about a year and a half or so ago. Uh, he was giving yeah. me putting tips. Yeah. 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 No, he's, he's, he's very good. He's a very good golfer. Yeah. I think he's off now. Now he's off one, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's not bad. Uh, he was off scratch, uh, I think, a few years ago. So, uh, um, yeah, so he's he's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, it's a good, I mean, uh, yeah. try to have as your squash coach and then you can go up and get a few tips. Yeah, exactly. Get that driver working. Yeah, then, then you'll Yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah. the difficult part in golf is the, the short game. Uh, absolutely. So. Yeah. Fighting, oh, yeah. you got that. But uh, just one more, one more thing, Abdul. You've been great with your time. Uh, a lot of uh, there's been a lot of talk, especially in, in the last event after the the assault uh, incident. There's a, a lot of drama with the, you know, with the ban. Is he going to get banned or his movement and stuff? And uh, I saw a couple of there was someone posted like three or four videos of the what happened in the match against. Uh, who did, who did he play in the last, the last match? Farag. Against Ali. And uh, there was one movement there that was clear to me where he was in, he kind of intentionally stuck his leg out. I could see it. And nor, nor, I'm yeah. a big fan of us all. I, I, I like, I like him. He seems like a, seems like a nice guy and he's absolutely yeah. very, very talented, but the movement stuff just seems to follow him around in, in the yeah. big matches yeah. and the matches where he doesn't, uh, you know, isn't threatened uh, that much. It doesn't really come yeah, into play. Yeah. Just wondering what your take is on, on this as a player uh, uh, in terms of his his move. Now, I don't know if you've played him very much. I don't even think you've played him maybe once or twice, but not very often. But what, what's your take and yeah. on, on his movement issues? Oh, I mean, I think um, uh, he, he's a big boy. So um, he's already, like, with the normal way of movement he sometimes he will be unintentionally on the way but um uh, the problem is when you when you stick your leg extra you know and when you move into your opponent like us players we know when you're trying to clear or when you're trying to be difficult you know or when you're trying to nudge your opponent 
on his way to the ball, you know, like just slightly just to unbalance him, you know, just slightly like us players, we know that we feel that in the court and, and we know when he you do it to others, you know, like, you know, exactly what's happening in the court when I'm watching the match. I'm like, yep, here is purposely. He went and blocked him here. He just took his space here. He just nudged him just so the referee don't see it. Uh, so it's minimum. So it's going to be a knowledge anyway. So we, we see all these things, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, um, I think it's uh, some referees allows you to do that and some they don't. And, uh, and uh, some players actually smart. They know the referees who allow that a bit more than others and they get take advantage of that. And some players don't realize that and, and keep doing it uh, the whole time. And uh, so it's basically they're playing within the rules, some of them, you know, and uh, trying to play the rule. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely bad for the sport. I mean, uh, um, for me, if you hit a good shot, let the other player go and try get it. If you have the confidence that you hit a good shot, you know, it's like yeah. some people say, yeah, but it was a good shot. You know, it's like if it's a good shot, let me go get it. Yeah, I won't absolutely. be able to get it. I won't be able to get it because it was a good shot. But but if you hit a good shot and you block me out, like if I'm a referee, I'll give a stroke. It's yeah. like, it's like if you think it's a good shot, let me get it. It's like you're not giving me a chance to even try to get it. So, should be a stroke all all day, like from first point of the match. And if you give strokes twice, and he knows that, but the thing is, the referee sometimes wouldn't know if he's purposely blocked the guy or not. You know, sometimes they will look at the ball, not the player. All these things. There's a lot of small details. You know that. Uh, I think only players will know that. Um, so I will know if someone blocked in purpose or he's just it was just an accident and it's just a yes let, you know, it's just I tried to clear, you tried to come in. It's it's just a normal let sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of, there's no more I feel like in the game now there's no more yes let. Like it's just a normal let. Like there's nothing. It's just I'm trying to get in, he's trying to get out, it's just a normal yes let, you know, it's just yeah, that's how it is. You know, it's like it's it's not minimum, it's not too much. It's just it's just an accident. Like I tried to go, he tried to clear, it didn't work. Just play a lot, you know. Both players are happy to play a lot. Yeah. Um, I think they took that out of the game. Like it's no more simple lets, you know. It's like without even thinking, it's just a yes let. It's not in the game anymore. Um, yeah, it's either yes, it's either no let or stroke, you know, and then. And then it's like a judge, it's like how good the ball is. But certain players, it's how their movement is. And another player, it's how good he hit the ball. So everyone with his repetition kind of, you know, it's like a bit, uh, sometimes it gets a bit frustrating, you know, watching. And uh, um, it's like they give this player a knowledge, but the other player gets a stroke. Um, it's mm. just about uh, yeah, the repetition sometimes or is it, like the referees, it's not uh, intentional, you know, they give the calls, but it's just how it is, you know, it's like, uh, it seems like it lately like that. Um, yeah, it seems to um, me some players, players they've, they've overcomplicated it a, a bit. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot more complicated, but the, and, and again, you have to adapt, you know, it's like, I remember when I first played on tour, there's a lot more lets, you know, and uh, uh, so, but now you have to adapt, like if, if the referee gives those situations a stroke, then you know it's going to be a stroke, you know? So it's like you play your game that this shot is going to be a stroke. So you try not to play the shot again. Or, you know, you got to play and other refs will give knowledge. So you got to try do something else because you know the ref going to give a knowledge, you know? Um, so, yeah, you just need to be smart and, and see what's who's refing and what kind of ref he is, what he's going to give in these situations, you know, and uh, some players are really smart with that. You know? They know exactly who's refing, who's, who gives lets on that, who gives no lets on that. So, and they take advantage of that, you know, they, they're smart. I mean, they're playing, playing within the rules, you know, so, yeah. um, and everyone gets on course, he's trying to do anything to win, you know, so uh, he'll take a bad call because um, at some point he'll get bad calls against him as well. So, and that's and that's what it is, you know. So um, yeah, everyone's trying to win there. No one is. Uh, 
I mean, everyone is uh, friends outside the court, most of the players and that, but in the court, it's something else. In the court, everyone wants to win and, um, yeah. and um, yeah, so, so they do everything to win. So, yeah, yeah, they just leave it in the court. Yeah, one thing I noticed uh, uh, just watching Paul Cole and, and Farag play, I mean, uh, when, you know, for example, Paul makes himself small a lot of the time. When players are trying to get to their ball, he'll, he'll kind of make himself small, which shows the referees not trying to block you out too much yeah. intentionally. Uh, and I think that's where maybe someone like Mustafa could learn a little, a little bit from him. He doesn't need uh, but, to. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, but uh, as well, like some, I, as I said, some players are smart. Um, so the, the body will go like I'm trying to make small, but after the contact. So you, may, you make the contact to stop the player going and then you try to make yourself small. So the referee sees that you're trying to make your body small. So it's these small things that it happens in the court that uh, yeah. like you don't see it from outside, you know? Like I'll give you a nudge, but, I'll, but it will look like I'm trying to be small. But the first step before I try to be small, this is what I wanted you to stop going to the ball. And then if you make yourself small, you already done the biggest part of your, the job you were trying to do, you know? So, uh, so players are smart, you know? And there is difference between taking your space and deliberately blocking your player as well. Because I don't want to play the ball and make myself small, like I stitch myself up, you know? I want to play the ball and um, yeah. with a full full swing and take my space, you know? But there's a bit of difference between taking your space and then moving into your opponent line as well, you know? So all these things that, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot like like... As players, we see a lot more than what others see. Like we know exactly what what this guy did there. Like we know, and we call it straight away. Like yeah, like we all know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, when uh, when Al when Ali played, uh, I saw you could see right away. Like he was like, "What's this? <laughs> What's going on?" Like he he, he yeah. Knew. And, and 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 in the videos that I saw afterwards, you could see little a little bit of that. So yeah, there's a lot of yeah. a lot. A lot of, uh, I think, room for improvement. I think the, the the officials are trying. You know, they're trying to get players to play. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's important. difficult. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, you, you can't be that harsh on them as well. You know, it's a difficult job. Um, the players are playing for their life. You know, and uh, and they get angry and they get uh, and they get mad and. And they shout and that, and they have to deal with all that and be calm and get, still give decisions. And it's not, it's not an, it's not an easy thing. Like we're not saying, like it's the hardest, the hardest thing you can do. You know, it's like uh, sometimes your call, your call could be like changing someone's life. You know, or his career. So it's, it's not easy. Like, like we, I feel bad for them. You know, sometimes the way the way we speak to them and that it's sometimes it's harsh, but that's what it is. You know, so that's our job and that's their job. And um, yeah, we we can't we can't all be perfect, to be honest. But also, a but part definitely of the, package, uh, of the yeah. game. And I mean, uh, the the crowd. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. they enjoy watching, uh, you know, the, the little bit of banter between the, the officials and the the uh, yeah. players. Yeah, and uh, and it's like you. It's like anything, you know. It's like we we make mistakes as players, you know, and we lose and referees make mistakes, you know, as well. So, uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Um, yeah. Especially when the same, for example, if the same ref refs you like a few times and like he doesn't mean those calls, but maybe the three times calls go against you or something, you'll feel like, oh, it's always against me. It's like it's nothing against you. It's just it's just the way it is, you know. You're it's it's just like like we say sorry to the referees and they say sorry sometimes because they they found that they watch the match again and they they know they made a mistake, but. That's what it is. We watch our matches and we know we made mistakes. So it's we're not yeah. saying no, no one's going to make a mistake, but as players, we can improve. And as them referees, they can definitely improve as well. So.
Well, Abdullah, uh, I just want to say it was really great to chat chatting with you tonight. Uh, tonight for you, this morning for me, and uh, yeah, yeah. You all the best uh, in San Francisco. Your first round uh, coming up against Ali uh, Abu Elian, and uh, going forward yeah. after that, really enjoy your squash, and uh, let's do it again uh, one of these. Oh, days. for sure. Yeah, thanks a lot for uh, having this with me, and uh, yeah, really looking forward for. Uh, for uh, the match in a couple of days. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, everything goes well with you and your golf. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you. Yeah. Those putting tips from Rodney uh, certainly will yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Man. Yeah. I'm sure. Take care. Take care, Abdullah. All right. Cheers, man. Thanks a lot. Well, that's episode 230 in the books. Abdullah Al Tamimi. Wow, that was a tr- an incredible chat. Really enjoyed that and want to wish him all the best at NetSuite in San Francisco. He's got, as we talked about there in the podcast, a very tough first round match. I guess there are no uh, easy first round matches these days, but this one's particularly tough against a guy who uh, who he's played recently and has struggled a little bit against, but uh, no doubt he'll be ready for this one. He's in form and it should be exciting. Then we've got the U.S. Open coming up after that one as well for him. So all the best in those events. Uh, Again, everybody, many thanks for listening. Uh, We've got uh, Lee Drew coming up in a few days. I just finished that one uh, last night, actually, and there's a lot on there. I know you're going to enjoy it. Uh, We talk quite a bit about uh, a lot of the changes in officiating, uh, the rules and and things like that that they've been working on closely. Uh, We we take a deep dive into that, so I know you'll enjoy. And then uh, I've got a really, uh, really big one, hopefully, over the next couple of weeks. I don't want to mention the name and jinx it uh, right now, but it should be a good one and I know you'll you'll enjoy that so stay tuned for those upcoming episodes don't forget to look back in the catalog there's a lot of good ones back there this is episode 230 so there are plenty for you to uh, to listen to lots of great episodes in the catalog uh, to look back on so uh, all the best with your squash uh, be well all the best to your families and we'll be talking to you very soon goodbye now